Dad Bod Rap Pod. Um, I apologize because you guys missed maybe four to five quality Radiohead jokes <laughs> that just happened <laughs> off here. I'm really thinking, Nate. I'm really thinking about this. When we really get where we're going, I just want to walk in a room and it's just recording. Like, just, at all times. Just mic the house. Just mic the entire house, and we just kind of, like, walk around. Yeah. And, and Nate just edits our best jokes later. Our, our yeah. life is, act, like, Action Bronson's life. And <laughs> pretty, pretty much. Record us eating, talking. Yeah. The cats in about here. rap. Yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. All right. I think there's a market for it. We can um, get there. We'll we, we can do this. Just do that, and we'll invoice you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I am Demo Carter, a.k.a. Dim One. Uh, one of the three dad bods. I'm joined by Nate LeBlanc. How's it going? Hello, friends. It's hot up in here. So this is the you... hottest day since we interviewed Ant at your house, right? And yeah. we, we had to like peel ourselves off the furniture. Yeah. Was that the hottest day or the botched blinds and gab interview? That was, was that pretty hot hottest? as that was, well. That was pretty hot. That was yeah. pretty hot as yeah. well. I I know I sweat. I sweated. I don't know if that's the proper tense. The most when we. I just remember interviewing Ant and like, you know, uh, I can't really make like the right onomatopoeia sound with my voice, but it's like you lean in the chair and it's just like squash, yeah, just like, squishiness. It's just like, ugh, yeah. I feel disgusting. You I don't want to even get in the car. I'm gonna like fuck the car up. That's okay. Totally That's totally we right now. we <laughs> we had to hose down that chair after you left, <laughs> but it was well worth it. It was a great it was a great interview. Totally. Uh, we're also joined by uh, Dave Ma, who wore a Ramones T-shirt for the majority of the winter, and now that it's 109 outside, my guys got the Van Heusen, uh Shout out to Isod. Yeah. <laughs> He's got the Isod no wrinkle joint happening. It's a Pierre Cardin. Um, yeah, dude. I had a work meeting, dog. Okay. Yeah. From a work okay. Meeting. But okay. Yes, um, Didn't take that hat off, did you? Know? <laughs> dude, Is there an occasion hell. so important you won't wear a hat? Yeah, when we play basketball. Hey, okay. oh. <laughs> Basically it. Yeah. That's right. That's Can't right. have the bill blocking your vision. <laughs> Pretty much. That's right. <laughs> block my fadeaway, dog. That's the only dude. thing that's blocking me. Oh. No. no I'm just kidding. We're just, we're on one we're on one kidding. today, uh, but yeah we're we're here it's it's a uh, it's sweltering hot. Um, we are just kind of in the midst of of learning about the uh, untimely passing of Bushwick Bill from the Ghetto Boys, right? Um, who, you know, I I was thinking about kind of my first experiences listening to the Ghetto Boys mm-hmm. and kind of understanding Bush Bushwick Bill. Um, he was probably better and less of a novelty than we right. probably gave him credit for. I mean, he was he, number one. He's like a midget little person. Um, their Th- first three al- eight I have seen quoted in many pl- places in three many eight. articles. Three, three eight, eight is eight. very short, and he kind of the first album cover. That's two uh, feet shorter than yeah, Bugsy yeah. Bugs. God, that's man. nuts. It's not really. It's about a foot and a half shorter. <laughs> but still, to make my point, you consider that a very short person and. To be kind of, uh, you know, as as out there as the Ghetto Boys right, were, right. as uh, really macabre. Like totally. I think about, I think about Bushwick Bill's voice, and it almost, to me, even when I was younger, listening to it, almost sounded like uh, some type of Vincent Price kind 100%. of horror movie. I was just gonna say that, especially yes. like the the kind of storytelling. Like, right, it wasn't right. even close to Halloween. Halloween. Yes, yeah. exactly, yeah. exactly, yeah, exactly. I want to read. Uh, 
his name, like when he gave himself that crazy name, like one of the many things that Bushwick <laughs> Bill is known for, mm-hmm. probably best known for the cover of We Can't Be Stopped, right. which is like the iconic cover where right. Willie D and Scarface are flanking him when he's in the hospital and he very, very vocally regretted making that decision and allowing them to use that. He right. felt bad about that. But th- this is amazing. This is the name he gave himself. And this was, I, I feel like, and I could be wrong on the chronology here, this was kind of like around the time of Prince making himself the symbol. Okay. Mm. Like there was a bit mm. of a wave okay. of giving yourself Aliases. these names. So this this is the moniker that Bushwick Bill chose for himself. Dr. Wolfgang von Bushwicken, the barbarian motherfunky stay high dollar billster. God <laughs> damn, man. Or Bushwick Bill for short. Right, okay, right. okay. Fuck. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of moniker. He, wow. he always exploited his shortcomings, you know what I mean? Which yeah. is so fucking awesome. And, yeah. you know, I didn't know he started off as a dancer. Totally. How, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. Cats have been posting a photo of recent shows, like on their last run from like 20, what was it, like 16 or whatever when mm-hmm. they came around, of him doing head spins. Wow. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. crazy. Because he's, wow. he's an entertainer at the right. at the end of the right. day. Right. And to kind of contextualize this for folks, um, you got to understand the Ghetto Boys coming out, what is this, 88? Mm-hmm. Is that is well, that when the when we learned about them? Right. Well, they're they're just for people who don't know. The Ghetto Boys was kind of like the name for the in-house group for what became Rap a Lot Records. Right, records right, so right. there were a lot of incarnations of Ghetto Boys before the core group of what we now think of as Scarface, the Ghetto Boys came to be. Willie D. Bushwick, Bushwick Ready Red. on the previous Ready Red. album, uh, the Grip It on the other level, yeah. uh, Ready Red was yeah. part of it. Shout out but to Ready Red, RIP yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. Ready yeah. Red lived uh, the last part of his life in San, San Jose, Jose, California, right. where we're from. We had Dave, Dave and I had him spin at an event <laughs> once, um, and we, we would see him around the record stores and stuff like that. I always enjoyed his company. He was a nice man. Um, but then the group really blew up when he left. Right. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I don't I don't know if that was just the exact timing of things, but like his style was very like old school, huge sample mm-hmm. based. Yeah. And then there they got increasingly more like into like the storytelling aspect right. of mm-hmm. things. Right. And like I, I mean, obviously, my playing tricks on me is based on a huge Isaac Hayes tough guys sure. right. sample. Sure. It would not be that without it. Right. Um, right. And one of the best instrumental hooks of all time. Of all oh time. Beautiful. Yeah. I love that. Rap needs to go back to the instrumental hook, but that's totally. a side, that's a side <laughs> conversation <laughs> down with that. Um, so yeah, Bushwick bill joined as a dancer and then got on, um, one song and then was kind of invited into the group Be- because as his, his voice right so when the ghetto boys when you first heard them it was so over the top very much like when you right. first heard nwa you were like Agreed. this shit is so wild right. and vulgar and violent give me more i need right, right. um and then bushwick added this element that transcended street almost and made it like a weird horror movie. Yes, yes. like yes. literally, yes. like that's something that the a, a Chucky movie most yes. specifically, yeah. totally, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Which it's interesting. They're just now putting out the trailers for that new version of Chucky, Chucky. like Aubrey Plaza and uh, Brian Tyree Henry, who plays Paperboy. Oh, like wow. they have a lot of good people yeah, in there. Wow. Um, so I don't know, man. Um, I think he will be remembered for mind playing tricks on me and we yeah. can't be stopped, but he had a full on solo career and I yeah. didn't know this because I had kind of stopped following this. He was born again at one point mm. and oh, has sure. like a Christian record, yeah. which I've never ventured to listen to. Maybe I will like, no, you know, you just go yeah. back and kind of listen right. when people right. pass away and try to understand the full their work expression of their careers. But right. I, I'm having a hard time picturing that. Wow. Frankly, his stuff is so macabre. Totally. So, 
vividly told like horror tales like right, some right. some of the grossest totally, totally. like raps that right. have ever been written like, was like it's ho- very body horror like he was like horrorcore but wasn't trying to be yeah well you know he what I mean? like invented it accidentally right, right? Totally, yeah totally by just being himself and telling these grotesque stories totally yeah yeah it you was know? it was grotesque more than more than gangsta right so, right. right ghetto right. boys you had scarface who is the first introspective street dude, mm-hmm. right? And who's uh, now running for city council yeah, in which, Houston, which is amazing to that's me. That's so dope. Yeah, that's all. He has my vote. Totally. Uh, totally. Walking down the block, pocket full of votes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, on my block, people vote on November 6th. <laughs> <laughs> if he's not using that, we Scarface, we got your campaign team is right here. Um, yeah, so I, I feel yeah, like... It feels good to be a voter. <laughs> Oh man! Um, here, Probably here most day. people, not the people who listen to this podcast necessarily, but other people, the people who their spouses and whatnot, probably mostly know the Ghetto Boys from Office Space. Yeah, Office Space totally. Office oh, Space oh, is huge, no. man. Right, that's right, like how right, a lot right. of people know. I, I guess I would say the songs besides the songs, right? Um, not mind playing tricks, tricks on, on me, me. like right. damn, it feels good to be a gangster. gangster, right, right, right. And uh, they know it ironically. What's the die, motherfucker, die, motherfucker? Uh, I can't remember the name of the song, but like that one when they're like drinking and partying, right. and that's like, and they're smashing up the printer, right? Which right, is right. like one of the best film scenes of our time. <laughs> of course, we've all been there every day. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I think um. His legacy will be kind of about representation, as Dave mentioned. I think so. Like allowing Mm. space for people who didn't look like what you thought a rapper would look Mm, like. Right, right. And like um, just a a sense of like really vivid imagery. And like I was just, this is the point I was trying to make, and I had to talk until I got back around to it. I think, Damone, you're a little bit older than Dave and I, but this, when I first started listening to Ghetto Boys, it was almost like. Uh, how our parents listened to like Red Fox and Richard Pryor, yeah, like yeah, party secretly. records. Right. Yeah, it was yeah. like it's like it felt bad. Like there was like, there was so so good forbidden. to be so forbidden and so right, like so right. so dirty. Yeah. Too, right. too short too. Like I remember yeah, being yeah. like eight years old. I was at my cousin's house and they played the parts like Nancy Reagan came to my house <laughs> yeah. and gave me up. What well, you know? It's yeah. like I was like holy. Yeah, I was like, yeah. "Wow, this is crazy! I need to hear more yeah. of this." Yeah. You well, know there, what I mean? There's Please. a certain sun of uh, fun and you know, listening to verboten shit. And dude, Ghetto Boys and especially uh, Bill is, is one of those people. That totally. that was, I mean, I almost think as vulgar and crass as things are now, um, I don't know that you'll ever have that type of shock value because right. that's that's really what it was. It was like the first real wave. Of shock value, where you were literally fucking shocked. Totally, like, it's like them and Two Life Crew were kind of like right. and, and NWA. So NWA with the police stuff, Two Life Crew with the booty Sex. stuff, mm-hmm. and like and Ghetto Boys for like the horror movie. gore. Right. It was gore. Gore. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was. It was straight gore. And it's, it's no shouts to Tipper. <laughs> shouts to Frank though. Shouts to Frank always, always. Um, yeah. So there's there's maybe um, it's hard to contextualize it if you weren't there. How groundbreaking mm-hmm. and how edgy that was right. at that time. And I hope that maybe in the you know uh, the re litigating of of Bushwick's legacy that people can kind of see the the innovator side is and not so much of just like oh this guy was a kind of more of a clowny character right right well i I think all that um i thought i think all that sort of goes out the window all the novelty stuff after a while you know what i mean if if you're ahead and you listen to his stuff and i think that the shift you can already feel the shift changing i think in a few years people are going to 
maybe even overspeak about Bushwick Bill. You well, know what I mean? well, we live in the era now of of the uh, the rap literati who <laughs> who kind of overanalyze and break down everything uh, to a to a ridiculous degree. So maybe you're right. There isn't. It's not so much that his legacy will be overlooked. Maybe even over combed through overvalued right. perhaps right, I mean, right. he was a Ooh. he was a big piece of a important group yeah but like when he was alive he was not getting this kind of attention 100 like, right i think that's kind of what you're trying yeah. to say like totally, totally. he's having his moment of everyone's considering him right now right. and so we'll see like where the who, chips fall who for is legacy the, mm-hmm. who is the closest to that right now who is the closest character we have to a Bushwick Bill in rap right now? Hmm. I want to say like a Necro. Like, and who's not really so a rapper a anymore. Core. Who's more, he like really ran with the horror core kind of thing. And like, he's underground. He's known to people who know him. Mm. But he's not really a rapper at this point. He's more of an actor. But right. I'm trying to think of someone who encapsulates that like horror movie vibe. I actually think there's like a whole horror core genre that came in the wake of Ghetto Boys and um, uh grave diggers right, right, that yeah. kind of touches on icp juggalo sure. world yes, that like yes. we don't fuck with right, that like yeah. right we th- it's probably some guy we don't know totally from the midwest there's somebody like, like a, a, a list strange music kind of guy okay. or like okay a, a, yeah a, i don't know somebody a, touring with tech nine right now totally. right. No, or, exactly. or like a yeah. or like a juggalo guy totally, yeah, like totally. i don't know to be honest yeah. like or maybe I, like a, like a what brother lynch might be doing today brother lynch shit. is close you know what I mean? that's actually oh, a really yeah, good yeah, analogy that's the only thing and, but that they're more like contemporaries but bushwick bill made it on a level 100 like so much higher 100%. brother thinking, lynch played in uh, san jose on saturday i, I saw that he played right where we dj'd yeah. <laughs> oh, this is weird <laughs> sharing the stage with brother lynch <laughs> is that right yeah he played at back bar back bar where where you hosted yeah wow yeah where rap careers go to die. <laughs> <laughs> now. Shout out Back Bar. That's the only place that lets us fucking do rap these days. <laughs> no shout out to their sound system. Oh. Anyways. Dude, if it's not a shitty sound system, is it even hip hop? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, do we? Uh, yeah, so R.I.P. Uh, Bushwick Bill, I think it, it really gets back to something we were talking about in season one is the mortality of rappers. And I right, know he, right. he got cancer and it's not necessarily necessarily a lifestyle thing, mm-hmm. but we're we're coming into this thing where, you know, cats ain't making it right. past well, it, 50s it, and such, you know, it's kind of it intersects with age a little bit, I think. And yeah. but now it's like I'm reading a list of like ex-pro wrestlers. It's like, "Whoa, this guy died? This guy from this group died?" Yeah. And he's 43? I know they, yeah. it's know? not talked about in the same way but you have to think that some of these wrestlers have CET which is like oh, the, sure, the football sure, player sure. brain disease right, like right. if you knock your head into enough things you're gonna die young right, like, yes, right, like, yeah. you might not die of that but like you just like, you deteriorate right. at this rapid yeah. rate also steroids like, right yeah. right that's right. not helping yeah right. no, they look amazing yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's all that really matters yeah yeah it's funny I, I had a wrestling phase for literally two years and then that's it. There's what? like one, two. There's like from WrestleMania 88 up to like maybe late 89. And then. That was a really fun time to be a wrestling fan. I was yeah. also a wrestling fan at that time. I'd say I had a, a, a strong 
four four or five year run. Did Bushwick Bill never intersected with the world of WWF? Wow. That's I actually think we should get his agent on the line and see why that did not go down. <laughs> <laughs> or did it? And we I don't and we think missed he did it? as much crossover stuff back, back then, then. Like when he was actually like at the on of on his fame. Yeah. And it seemed like they phased out the little little person wrestling. Like when we were kids, it would be like, "Here's little King Kong Bundy." That's right. right. They That's don't right. do that shit anymore. Dude. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah, we're and we're not striving. cool, bros. Yeah, you don't see Little Rock. Yeah, <laughs> straight uh, out of Arkansas. <laughs> yes, Little Rock. Oh man. Um, so but speaking of wrestling, wrestling yes. samples. You know. Oh man, did Dave just come in and just <laughs> got my whole segue. segue? No, he didn't step in. He stepped <laughs> in and, and made it happen. Uh, he Clay Thompson that shit. <laughs> I was off. He came through. Uh, yeah, speaking of uh, wrestling and, and wrestling samples, um, our Griselda fanboyness continues. Um, yep. We're really, really fortunate to have a really, um, I really th- think an important figure in the sound of contemporary hip hop. Yeah, um, totally. Uh, and that is Derringer, who is kind of the in-house uh, producer for Griselda, Westside Gun, Conway, Benny, um, really has a unique sound. Mm-hmm. I think um, even just to lump him with like, ah, oh, he's a no drums guy. Right. Um, I think that's People a little. People do not like hearing that. Totally. Yeah, <laughs> they really don't. And then put some drums in your shit. But <laughs> yeah. I totally get it. Yeah. I totally I, get no, it. I, I, and I feel like <laughs> that's very much kind of um, its a style. But even within that realm, he really. His music is really sets itself apart, um, and we were. What are you saying? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dave and, and Nate are, are ogling you know, <laughs> as they walk by the window and no, not telling not me about it. <laughs> Thanks. Um, it's a hot day. Yeah. Oh, it is. It's such a hot day. Uh, we had a chance to chop it up with with Derringer, who uh, was in L.A. at the time, um, hanging out with Alchemist, apparently, and. Right. Meeting Mad Lib and like just so dope to talk to someone who's obviously living the dream yeah, and, right? cool, man. and knows they're living the dream. Yeah. Totally, totally. Yeah. Career completely on the upswing. Right. One of, like you said, one of the people defining the sound of beats now. Yeah. And uh, uh, continuing our streak of producers who are right. very personable mm-hmm. and like willing to answer questions and like have a little story to tell. So. 100%. Yeah. So check it out. This is our interview with Derringer. Right, Dead Bod Rap Pod. Uh, we always have dope interviews with people who are moving and shaping culture. Today is no different. On the line, we have from Buffalo, New York, Derringer. Um, a lot of y'all might know him as the producer for a lot of cats on Griselda, doing amazing work right now. He actually has a, a beat tape or an instrumental album out on Fat Beats. What's happening, man? How you yes, doing? Yes, sir. Chilling, man. What's goody? Shit, you know, man. We out here, man. So are you in we Buffalo right now? Nah, no, no, no. I'm on, uh, I'm still in L.A. Oh, okay. I'm just finishing up some shit over here. Oh, okay. I'm okay. To is back it, to New York City. Is it hot ass in yeah. L.A. too or what? We're it's dying. starting to warm up, man. It's starting to warm up. It was a little gloomy the past couple weeks and, you know, finally finally getting some nice weather here as, as I'm about to depart, head back to the city. I heard it's, you know, finally picking up in the city now too, so it should be nice when I get back now. 
so on on NYC, man. Hot ass days. Do you lock up in the crib and and make beats? Does the weather influence you at all? Yeah, yeah, I definitely like to be in the AC, you know. So I definitely like to be comfortable, you know. Definitely don't like to be out in the streets too much when it's too warm, depending on what's going on, you know. But yeah, no, I'm normally a lab rat. You know, I stay in the house. It's the only way I get work done these days, you know. So unless I'm out networking or you know, spinning shows, things of that nature, you know. So, so things are things are really blowing up for the whole Griselda unit. Um, you know, obviously the, with the the shady deal coming to pass, the, the albums coming out. Um, tell yeah, me what yeah. that like what that ride has been like. Like you guys were on the grind, obviously very big, but even bigger now. How how does that feel? Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, it's great, man. I love you know to see where everybody's you know been able to take it, and it's just kind of getting bigger now. So. Um, I'm kind of, you know, I'm I'm hyped to see everybody making moves and everybody's doing well, putting music out. And, yeah, it's just, it's just getting better and better now as time passes. So, you know, I think it's a good position for us to start putting these records out and displaying, you know, what we have to offer on a, a, a bigger scale. So we'll see how, you know, how things go. But, yeah, regardless, the shit is fire. Dope, dope. Um, Thank you so fire much. Store. Yo, man, well, you know, I want to touch a little bit about your history with Griselda. How did you link up with those guys, uh, Conway, Westside, and Benny? Um, I really was, um, it goes back to the, the hip-hop, you know, community underground scene back in Buffalo um, in, like, the early 2000s okay. um, is really kind of where it all came about, you know, me being a DJ on the scene, and eventually, um, you know, I ran into, you know, Benny's squad and everything that they were doing. They had a studio close by where I grew up. So um, I had an opportunity to go in and do a song with Benny, you know, years before um, I really got together and made music with Wes. It's kind of weird how it all happened and shit, you know. Met them, you know, wasn't really producing much at the time, was more of a DJ. Mm. So we really didn't end up doing too much. But years later, you know, Wes kind of seen I was getting on my feet, you know, and got a beat machine and thought maybe years later when he decided it was, you know, time to put out some projects, I might still be making beats. So he had messaged me on Twitter and uh, when he was in Atlanta. And that's kind of how the end of Hitler won. Um, pretty much finished up was us doing a song. It was like one of the only original songs on the record. Mm-hmm. Um, besides another one produced by DJ Foo, which was a banger too. So, yeah, that's kind of how it all set off. It's kind of weird, you know. A Twitter message a few years later, <laughs> you know, not even for sure that I was still making beats, but just had an idea that you know I, st- I still might be cooking. I might have gotten better, you know. I was just getting started mm-hmm. when I had met them. So, yeah, it was kind of ill how that all happened, and then it just you know progressed into me meeting Conway, working with Conway. And then Benny jumped back on, you know, on the squad. So it was only right to where we did an album. And that's kind of where the whole Tana Talk 3 shit, you know, came about and got started. And then we ventured off to L.A. and been cooking up with Al and, Mm. you know, put the finishing touches on the thing. And, yeah, it was dope that we got to drop that. Yeah. Tana Talk right Three is incredible, man. Your work on that is just uh, stellar. I just, it's, it would be oh, hard for me to think about better beats, kind of for the current moment. Um, so I just kind of wanted to ask you, like, um, in terms of like your signature sound, like I consider it to be really soulful. Like, is that kind of based on like the material you sample from, or the way that you flip things, or how do you feel like you kind of like um, <coughs> compose yeah, your, your I, signature I would, I would sound? Like, um, I would say, you know, it's just, <coughs> excuse me, having like a good ear for, for, 
for sounds and stuff for say it might not everything might not be off of a, a song record sure you know what i mean like i'd like a lot of jazz too so it's all the genres mixed but i guess just having a good ear and being able to pick out you know certain melodies and hear certain things that you could turn into something you know and then when you have these guys you know rapping at you know the stellar rate that they are it's like you kind of start hearing things and getting a vision for stuff but as far as the soulful stuff, I don't, I'm not really a funky dude like that. So, you know, like as <laughs> compared to like some of these other guys, like, you know, that have been doing it for years. So you know, I, I'm working on it, but you know, bass lines and stuff like that. I've always had an ear for it, man. Just like hearing, you know, Pete rock and mm-hmm. how ninth were able to take it, and, you know, heads that were able to make funky shit, you know, throughout the times and shit. Like I was really glued to that along with the premiere and out production. So I think it was like a mix of everything that kind of, you know, went into it, me being in the Dilla a lot, you know, when he was in his prime in the, you know, Fat Beats Days Donuts and all that, like, it was, mm. I, I really think it was just like soaking it all up from so many great producers throughout the years that kind of like gave me a sound for stuff like, you know, like the Mob Deep and then hearing like mm. the Tribe stuff and the De La, just all the different styles of production, you know, kind of made me have like a vast ear for not just one thing. Whereas, you know, I think people put me in a, in a box sometimes and think I'm only mm. doing a slow beat here and there. So mm. and then may just do loops. So that's kind of like what I wanted to do with this uh, Baker's Dozen tape was, you know, not really make it seem like it was just me doing loops throughout the whole thing, taking mm. the easy route. I wanted to do a tape where it was more about just beats and stuff, more drums in the forefront. Mm. You know what I mean? So that was kind of like my vision for the whole Baker's Dozen thing. As you guys could see, it was definitely like less oriented. Right. You know, I don't really want to take the easy route. I'm sure, you know, heads were kind of expecting a couple things here and there. But yeah, I figured, you know, might as well just go ill with the beats and do some, definitely some more drums with drums for that project. So yeah, so is, like how it came out. Is that the, uh, so that's kind of the different approach than when you work with rappers? Did you kind of go into this like I'm making instrumentals for the sake of making yeah, instrumentals? Yeah, like a lo- the loops are the loops are dope all the time. It's just like it's more, you know, I, I feel like it's easier to go ahead with those when there's a, you know, def- definitely rap involved. So because it definitely could look lazy on our part as a producer, just looping a record and not doing anything to it. You know what I mean? So it's mm. not our best way of displaying skill. It's a way of displaying you know, the, the skill of hearing things and being able to pick stuff out, pitch it and have it sitting at a certain, you know, a certain way. So there's definitely skill involved to looping a record, but you know, sure. as far as a producer thing and instrumental tape, I'm thinking, you know, things that I've been hearing throughout the years and stuff where great producers have been able to do great things. So, you know, I felt my approach would be, you know, try to meet in the middle somewhere whereas my shit's a little more minimal right and simplistic mm. rather than me overproducing and doing a lot. So, yeah. What's the, uh, kinda... you know, so when you, I want to get a little insight to your studio process. So when you guys are in, when you guys are in the studio, um, what's that like? What's the first thing you guys do? Uh, well, there's always a bunch of people around. Definitely have to make sure everybody got enough weed that we could smoke there. <laughs> so there's not really, not really much, much getting done without weed being involved. So everybody gets, you know, comfortable and, and able mm. to work when you know all the materials are there. You know, depending on who's around, definitely have to have certain alcohol on deck. You know, so it's definitely like you know, it's not 
I wouldn't say it's a, a party every session, but you know, heads like to be comfortable and, and be in a good, you know, surrounding and not be like in an uptight space where mm. there's rules and regulations. You know, rules and regulations never really work. So definitely need to be comfortable and have like an at-home feel. That's why all the music that we made was really just at, you know, either my spot at the time or, you know, the spot in Atlanta or we for in LA will be over at Al's house, mm-hmm. you know, cooking and, and doing shit there. So yeah, we really kept it like, you know, on the on the home tip, home recording tip for a majority of everything. So Which... as you could probably hear, man, we've always <laughs> gone with like less of a big studio sound mm-hmm. for how right. all these projects came out. It was definitely more Wes always liked the basement feel of us just recording in the house and just releasing it as is not making it a whole big studio thing how do you how do you and keep that, like that works that feel now that um you know obviously you guys are are blowing up becoming a, a household hip-hop name mm-hmm. is is there pressure for you guys to do you know something more trappy more poppy like how do you maintain the Griselda uh, sound not necessarily more trappy or poppy but i think you know it's just uh the, the tempo of the record and they're just being more liveness to it and, and stuff that they could get on stage and perform mm. with, you know. Okay. So by having a little more tempo and having things be upbeat a little bit more is kind of good for the shows in a way. Right. A lot of times when we were making these songs or I was hearing these beats in my head or just making them at home, I wasn't thinking about the bigger picture, mm. about them performing and mm. You know, the beats would have probably sounded a lot different had I had to speed them up and make them on like a, a normal hip hop, you know, DJ, even me coming from a DJ, I knew it was a slower tempo. This isn't going to be like the club record, but, right. mm. you know, they're performing a lot of these songs at the shows. So it's like we just nudge up the, the tempo a little bit okay. and kind of okay. just try to joint. bring it in a little bit. Yeah, well, just like for the shows, some of the joints, they'll try to do the more upbeat songs. And then if it is one that's a little slower, we'll always just, you know, put the tempo up a little bit and make sure it has a little more live feel. But yeah, definitely pressure to do, um, you know, more perform worthy type of songs and not everything just be like a chill album type cut, Mm. you know? So, uh, I have to imagine, and please correct me if I'm wrong, that, um, now that you're kind of seeing some success, the phone is ringing or the DMS are popping, like people wanting beats from you. Are you like, able to supply those or are you trying to keep it in house like what's your kind of technique of how you're going to craft the rest of your career yeah it's it's definitely been more in house i think it's you know being more limited is you know been a good thing for me over the years it's kind of you know kept the shit you know uh, at a certain level to where it's not too too accessible and Mm -hmm. i just work with the people that i like and it's branching off into others you know me spending time um you know on the road with action and you know me and mayhem having an album and us Mm. working on music for the last year and some change you know to where there's a few things in the cut with rock mars and um yeah there's definitely you know some music being recorded right now so i'm I'm looking forward to actually putting an album out myself with you know a bunch of the heads that i like um so that'll probably be something we see next in the next you know year or so Okay. however soon i could get something done but yeah that's definitely something next on the plate is a some sort of compilation thing whether it be a lp or ep it's definitely you know that's something we could look forward to for sure nice and now that i see that the instrumental shit is is a possibility <laughs> for me you know I'll probably yeah. see some more tapes from me just kind of being scattered like some eps dropping here or there type thing yeah nice. you know so yeah definitely all that 
Okay. Keep ball okay. rolling here. So definitely a bunch of music about to drop. How how much sure. would it cost to for you to do the Miley Cyrus record? Like, <laughs> when Miley Cyrus Miley calls, record. what does that the, that check hey, have to man, be? You know, call me anytime, and I'm gonna pull up wherever, <laughs> and we're gonna figure something out. You know, so oh, I like to work on the spot. It's a good challenge for me, and I got people I could bring in, and, and you know, make this shit happen. If you know. Yeah. yeah, she got Ghostface. Nothing's impossible the, now. Right, I, I can't play the fucking perfect melody. We got, we got, you know, it's a phone call away. So. Absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah, do you up. tour I'm with the guys? Up. Like, are you the DJ when they go out, or do you like try to stay home and stay in the lab? Um, like a couple. Yeah, I normally try to stay home and stay in the lab. Um, you know, they got the homie DJ Shea on the road with them right now. He's living in Atlanta and pretty much been there a step of, you know, along the way for the last. Um, trying to think he's been with them since day one so oh, wow. he's really the og to the whole shit and been kind of pushing benny conway west side um as artists from from day one so it was only right that you know when they got in position and he was around more that he would turn into the guy to kind of be ahead of everything and helping her with as much as you know everything pretty much he's just been a big part since since day one so yeah, DJ Shea, shout out to Shea, man. He's he's holding it down right now. Word. And um, I just got off tour with Action, so I've been nice. holding down some shows with Bronson on tour. We just got off the White Bronco tour, hmm. and that shit was a movie every night. So <laughs> d- definitely, definitely have fun and, you know, killed the stage. Um, Did like 28, 28 shows, wow. so I think wow. around. So, yeah, it was a good run. Still Yo, man, around. you mentioned um, you mentioned working with Alchemist a, a couple times. Um, how how's that? Yep. Uh, how's that being at his crib and I mean, being in the lab with him? That's, that's my bro. You know what I'm saying? That's where you know, that's where I'm at when I'm in LA. So he he opens the door for me, and you know I appreciate that big time because you know I, he's definitely a reason why I'm even here. Why there's mm-hmm. even a Derringer is, is right. hearing records from Al and you know being so involved with their production. It, it definitely you know helped raise me. So. What, what sort of insights, what sort of insights or knowledge that, you know, you might have picked up from being, from I mean, being in the lab? I mean, just a whole bunch, Al. man, just as a creative, as an artist, yeah. as a businessman, everything, yeah. everything. There's really not just one thing, like, he's just so well-rounded with everything in this business for yeah. so long. Yeah. He's really had all the experience you could even expect to be around and, and try to soak, <coughs> excuse me, soak, at, you know, even a little bit up from, so okay yeah ton, tons of knowledge you know and always the the right people around and you know he's he's had a good name in this business for a long time yes. so you know all those good things come with that so yes yeah al's, al's solid man there's not too many people <laughs> that are, are as, as solid as al in this, these days so yeah shout out to him and you know that's every time in, i'm in la man that's that's what we got going on man i pull up okay. to the to the studio and shit i don't leave until we got some shit going on, some shit done. So even if it's just me making beats in one room and him making beats in the other room, we're mm. we're always working and Dope. you know seeing his work drive and his drive still getting up every day and you know looking at the things on the board and you know he he's got the shit down to the science so he, and he knows this business so mm. yeah Dope. it's definitely you know definitely the, the right person to be around right now. I believe, you know, so shout out to Alan. That's big bro right there. Nice. Um, <laughs> we've been lucky enough to talk to a lot of producers, and we always like to ask them what their gear setup is, what's their current rig, yeah, yeah. just for the aspiring producers to kind of drop a little knowledge. 
yeah, yeah. No, it's been it's travel setup these days. Mm-hmm. Um, since I've been kind of moving around for the past year, since I moved out of Buffalo um, over a year ago, I stopped using the outboard MPC. So I've been on the MPC studio with the laptop, okay. so I can pull up and cook on the spot. Mm-hmm. Even when I'm back in New York, when I'm in the city, and I got my little space over there now, <clears throat> I've just been keeping that little setup with a turntable minimal records right now yeah everything unfortunately everything's in storage right now so the sooner i get a big enough place in new york then (laughs) i'll be able to get the collection on over so yeah i think right now it's really just building building from scratch right now since you know i built collecting records and put so much time and effort into that for so long and it's kind of just sitting around in in a storage unit right now so that's been kind of a thing is like trying to rebuild from that without having all that at my access like Mm. it really challenged me as a producer to be able to create with what just i have and what i could find where i'm going get out there try to find more shit it's kind of ill like you work all these years to collect records and build this whole library and then you go to producing where you're damn near at your peak and not having it all right, you know, yeah. turning around and not seeing it all and, and being able to work with it. It's kind of, you know, it's a difficulty. So, you know, I've been, I've been working on it and building up a new collection. It, it strives me to get out there and find some new shit. For yeah. sure. Mm. Appreciate that. You Thank know? you. So yeah, digging, digging is always a key, you know, it's, it's what keeps us having this ill shit, you know, it's always <laughs> finding some, <clears throat> finding some new music. You know, I was able to meet Madlib recently, man, and oh, you know wow. that was a, a, another big inspiration for me, man. Shout out to Madlib and Egon, yeah. definitely showing wild love and just inspiring me to fucking keep the shit going. You know what I'm saying? To have Madlib even know who the fuck I am and <laughs> be a, you know, to be fucking with my shit, I had no idea he was into me, you know, into my shit as much as he was. So, wow. you know, that was a big, that yeah. was a big thing. That's man. an that's, honor. That's, yeah, that's dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's he's that's another god right there. So. For sure, for sure. So, yeah, it could only go up from here. Just got to keep, you know, <laughs> keep working and, and keep keep making fire at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. As that's long what as I'm making fire, man, we're going to be in business here. So, yeah, looking forward to all this new shit coming out. Mayhem okay, record, okay. I think we're looking at hopefully by, like, fall time. Okay. Here, the Mayhem the mayhem project should be dropping. Oh. I know, you know, we, we had um, plans on dropping it sooner, but with touring and everything. Right. It's just, yeah, life is crazy right now. So <laughs> just trying to get it all together. It's a good problem. You know, so. <laughs> yeah. And then sure, Baker's Dozen sure. is out right now? Baker's Dozen is, yeah, Dozen is out right now. The record is sold out. So it's um, at certain participating record stores. Fat Beats has um, a bunch of the record stores listed on their Instagram page. Okay. Um, where, where you can pick it up. And I'm sure it's going to pop up on Discogs and eBay shortly. So yeah. I think <laughs> yeah. now people, I think now people are starting to get their copies. Um, I've been tough. getting a bunch of reposts and people DMing me and, and reposting <laughs> the record. So I appreciate that. <laughs> Definitely appreciate all the support from all the fans supporting, you know, fucking with the tape, yeah. reposting and all that shit. So yeah. yeah, yeah. It's all love. There it is, man. Sure. Well, well, we really appreciate you coming on. Um, if we can get our hands on on the uh, on the Baker's dozen, we will not resell it. <laughs> we will not resell it we, for sure. For we, sure, we will hold on to it. But thanks for coming on the program, and, and best of luck, Absolutely. man. You guys are blowing up. We we love everything y'all doing. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys.
always hated the and still hate the um, the term outro. So there's an intro. Uh, okay, intro is short for introduction. You must hate midtro. As well. <laughs> <laughs> the bane of my existence is fucking midtro. <laughs> but outro is when I found out that the the rap lexicon can just get out of control. Like, there's no reason to call something a fucking outro. I like stuff like that. Like a like a, a lot of it comes from like five percent or like uh, right, right. mathematics. They're like the way they speak is like. Uh, you don't understand something. You overstand it. it. Like right. I, sure. I love stuff like that. Like um, I think uh, a lot of Rastafarian, like yeah. kind of like plays with Eng- like yeah, fucks, play, with, the like, yeah, fucks yeah. with the English language. Like yeah. one of my favorite things about hip hop culture is like how it's completely normal to like spell something with a Z instead totally. of an S at totally. the end. Like yeah, that hip hop brought that into like popular and, lexicon. And, uh, and it's and it's it duh instead of the just yeah. like, picture how Spike Lee spells things and like right. it's pretty much sure. you know. Right. Our our culture that we are so fond of, but um, I'm I'm all for challenging the boundaries of the language, like pushing yeah, it. I'm like good. this I is a that. verbal art form, and like I get why it's outro is lazy. <laughs> Let's go. We're it's 2019. You can start an album without something called intro. You don't have to shout tro. <laughs> I'm undefeated, looking at the wave, champion of the world. <laughs> Uh, Nate LeBlanc. Uh, that was a great interview with Derringer. Um, He's an very, impressive guy. Yeah, yeah affable dude. Uh, really appreciate him coming on and, and chopping it up with us. If you enjoy the shit you just heard, uh, we really would appreciate if you would uh, like, rate, subscribe to the podcast wherever you are accessing this. You can also find us on Twitter at DadBodRapPod. Um you know, we, we, we have a variety of things. It's it's usually me and kind of salty, nerdy takes, but there's there's a lot of good energy there, a lot of good folks chiming in. Uh, uh, we've gotten a lot of nice DMs lately, and people are starting to correct our, like, trivial errors, like things mm-hmm. we got the year wrong or, like, we yep. said the wrong record label, and I always said that was how we would know people are listening right, and they right. care about what we're saying. So like Keep we, it coming. we appreciate you guys. Like we're, we're not obviously like I, I don't sit here with a laptop open to like check trivial stuff. We're just talking. So yeah, appreciate you guys. And like, there have been a couple of really nice messages the last couple of weeks that we sent around to the crew that like really make us want to keep going. So oh, really absolutely. appreciate it. Lucas right. with the lid off. Thanks for hitting us <laughs> and letting us know hey. not to fuck up your first, uh, your first record there. Um, if you wanna if you wanna see pictures of us with our shirts off, that is at on Instagram at Dad Bod Rap Pod at Kid. No, uh, we do have a, zero. Yeah, uh, no we one. we have a Instagram where you can see uh, different types of hip hop ephemera. Um, we got a, a Facebook page if you're over fifty and you, you want to get down like that. Um, so we're we're out here. The fan base is growing, um, and we appreciate all the patronage and support. And that is our Gwyneth outro. <laughs> Dad bod rap pod. Peace.